and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Good morning. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Pearl of wisdom for today. I was just going to jump right into it. A long time ago, not not that long ago, but I guess long enough ago, J-Lo was in the neighborhood. They were filming a movie. And when I saw the movie, back in the day when we would get DVDs and look at the notes and the comments from the actors and the directors of the movie, Mm -hmm. first of all, I should say, it was filmed in our old neighborhood, Santa Monica, Santa Monica and Venice, and we lived right on the border. J-Lo commented, does anyone work around here? Oh, dear. <laughs> and actually, that was our neighborhood. It seemed like none of us were ever working because everybody was out and about on Main Street and the boardwalk 24-7, it seemed like. Word. And if we weren't on the boardwalk skateboarding rollerblading whatever we were at the coffee bean <laughs> or the coffee shop in the building yes or we were at happy hour chaya oh, God, the happy hours. <laughs> I remember Tuesday. you had to know tuesdays and thursdays tuesdays and burger and, madness yes. tuesdays and thursdays mm-hmm. at rick's tavern so and then you know o'brien's we were out and about all the time and yet most of us were pretty much poor <laughs> Hey-o. But yet, we we knew how to get by. Like we we worked. We all worked. But her comment was, "Does anybody work around right. here?" And I remember when I was there at that when I was in Santa Monica at that time. Yeah, I was working part time. Oh, that was a nice gig. So the pearl. What is the pearl you say of what I'm telling you? Yes. What is the pearl? <laughs> so she saw everyone just playing all day. The pearl is enjoy your life. When I first moved into the neighborhood, I was very uptight. You know, I had just come off of a big corporate gig. I was burnt out and I was still very much high strung. And it took a while for me to learn to enjoy the rollerblading, enjoy just the sitting and watching the weather change. You know, the weather change. Like, remember, we would have the weather change completely from one side of Lincoln to the other we would have that fog rolling in the mist Mm -hmm. right it was a good 15 degree difference yes from one side of the street to the other like our neighborhood had this beautiful I'm I'm forgetting the word for it the mist what was the mist called marine layer marine layer oh so it was so magical because you'd be rollerblading and it seemed like you were flying through the clouds (laughs) Right? <laughs> I don't remember it being that thick, but... Well, I think that was before you moved into the neighborhood and I considered myself a morning person. Oh, uh, yes. Until you came along and I'm like, and you're like, no, you're not a morning person. I'm like, excuse me, I'm at the gym at 545, class starts at 6 a.m. Yes, but you woke up to an alarm, right? So, well, there you go. Stop it. But anyway, I was out when the sun was about to rise and I would Mm -hmm. be rollerblading or walking on the beach early, early in the morning until you came along 
and profess that's not really that early. Because well, you wake up at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Before the sun rises, that, okay, I think bona fidely that is early, yes. Now you say that after all these years after of giving me all grief. all these years. Making me fight for my right to say I am a morning person. Yes. And now I feel like a curmudgeon every morning next to you. <laughs> Thanks, honey. But we, we, we had so much fun. And... There was the stress of, oh my God, how am I going to make rent this month? Right. But yet we still had fun and they taught me how to do this. Santa Monica taught me how to relax and enjoy my life, enjoy my friends, enjoy the neighborhood, enjoy food. Before that, I just ate or I would forget to eat, Mm -hmm. but to enjoy food with your friends, your neighbors. That's why we love the happy hour because first of all, we were friends with most of the patrons. Patrons, right? The restaurant owners. Uh, no, are we the patrons? We would be the patrons. Who's yes. the one that has Just the, call them the owners. We were friends with the business people and customers. We were friends. Right. It wasn't like a strictly working situation. It was purely right. symbiotic, friendly, it was like walking into their kitchen and hanging out and eating Mm -hmm. and you leave some money, you know? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, I do understand her point of view (laughs) because J-Lo is always hustling, it seems. We were hustling too. Excuse me. We were all always hustling. We were all independent contractors. We didn't have normal jobs. Well, I get the feeling she's, you know just she in really hard. a different headspace and and so many different things going on and so many people depending on her to Absolutely. continue to be successful and she's also from the east coast so we definitely had the west coast mentality of hey go with the flow it'll work out <laughs> hey so that is it the pearl of wisdom is enjoy your life for god's sake just enjoy it stop enjoy. rushing and i'm talking to you matt my God, you rush us all the time. No matter what, even if we're doing something fun, hurry up, hurry up. We're a minute behind schedule. It's always, it's not that you're bad. always so wound up so tight. Like you're so, can I say British and Japanese? Like so strict about getting so upset if we're five seconds late. I'm not upset if we're five seconds you late. You get very annoyed. Things have to be like on time, precise. Things have to be reasonably on time. Oh, my God. I get the feeling I'm going to have to tap here in a second. You know what? In front of our friends, you seem so reasonable. I am so reasonable. Pearl of wisdom, enjoy your life. Stop looking at the watch. Stop it. I just looked at my watch. Today's show is alpha, beta, for goodness sake. What? So this is regarding people, of course, and friendships and relationships. There's an alpha and a beta. I was looking into it, uh, and I was thinking, what is that? So I looked it up, and it goes beyond alpha, beta. Here we go. There's an alpha. There's a beta. There's an omega. There's a gamma, and there's a sigma personality type. My goodness. Is that what you would call it, an alpha personality type or a beta personality type? Is that how it's termed? I believe so, yes. I'm surprised there's not an alpha, beta, gamma, delta, but epsilon. So... 
I have some definitions here of mm-hmm. each. I'll try to be quick. Alpha is generally considered the strongest of the group. They're very, very competitive. They're aggressive, very domineering. They're like the influencer. They're the ones that take charge. They're very bossy. And often they're considered uncaring, right? They're, they're just kind of like a bull. They just go and go for right. it. They, they take over, right? Now, beta is the supportive person, sensitive, modest, easygoing, reliable. This, this word really pissed me off. They're collaborative <laughs> because I'm all about <laughs> collaboration, but I don't consider myself as beta. But anyway, going back to the definition. So they're supportive, sensitive, modest, easygoing, reliable. They're, they tend to be more reserved. Uh, they're more responsible. And they're often seen as insecure. Uh-huh. Whatever. Okay, next one. Omega. Omega is the type of person that will be seen as neurotic, laid back, eccentric, least likely to take initiative. They're considered the lowest on the chain of command, right? They tend to have low self-esteem. They are seen as having dismal lives. These definitions, boy. And yet they're creative. You know what? All definitions really piss me off, actually. Anyway, low self-esteem, dismal, whatever. They're unambitious, unsuccessful in their careers. These are not my definitions. I researched what what the definitions are, right? I know it is harsh, but isn't all criticism harsh? This was our uh, last show, oh, right? Yes. So here we go. It's kind of like a continuation. Please. Gamma is the next one. They're seen as restless, adventurous, and fun. They like to do their own thing and create their own rules without giving into peer pressure. Alphas may mature into gammas, they say, and become more considerate, socially uh, conscious, and more diplomatic than before. So they're saying that an alpha, that for them to become better human beings, they would turn into gammas. Ouch. Gammas generally appear to lack assertiveness. They freely express their emotions and they aren't very interested in status symbols or gaining popularity. The last one is sigma. Sigma, the definition is they're sardonic, cynical, bitter, scornful. That's what sardonic means. I had to look that up. Did you know, by the way, little side note, sardonic comes from the root of the word sardonic. Mm -hmm. That word actually comes from this really poisonous plant from Sardinia. Interesting. And this plant causes facial muscles to contract. There's a term called the sardonic grin. Right. What this plant does is it, it totally contracts your facial muscles and it locks your jaw. Mm-hmm. It's very poisonous, right? And so it it makes people look like they have a sinister smile. Like the Joker on Batman. So there's a really disturbing history to this plant. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, it goes on. But anyway, I would go off topic. If I got into that, I'm trying not to do that Anyways, anymore. Cynical, bitter, scornful. Right. So a sigma is cynical, sardonic. They're outsiders. Sigmas are definitely outsiders to the social game. Yet they manage to win and confuse everyone in the process. They are really good at 
challenging alphas and ridiculing them and making alphas really mad. Okay, so. Wow, that's way too many. I can only focus on like alphas and betas. But here's here's my point. I Uh think this is exactly the kind of criticism. This is another form of judgment and short-sightedness, this short-sighted way of thinking about each other. This is the reason we are so disconnected. When you compartmentalize every person into being this way or that way, you can't do that. We are, we are infinite beings capable of anything. And you're, 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 we're all fluid, you know? Even looking at these definitions, by the way, yes, they said male, alpha, female alpha male beta female beta. right because right? A, a they, female alpha must be a bit but that's right? just it yes they said that <laughs> of course so but the thing is i didn't even want to put that in the definition right. because first of all we're transcending all of that we're transcending the whole age we're not an age we're an energy we we are no longer just female and male and this is what it means to be male this is what it means to f- be female These are so rigid and so outdated. That has got to go, right? So anyway, those are the definitions. And what we want to talk about is how that relates to friendship. For example, for me, when someone acts like an alpha, Uh that is just like a deal breaker for me. I can't hang with that person because deep down I'm an alpha, but I'm not going to bulldoze you. Deep down, I'm not an alpha. I'm not any of one of these. But don't try to bulldoze me. I'm just not going to hang with you. So, eh, right? Not no, no, no. no. I, I, I totally get it. You see, to me personally, I think I can see myself in every single one of these definitions. From, oh my God, I really want to be on time. Makes me sound like an alpha, right? Ah, uh, boom! I want to club you over the head if we're, according to you, five seconds late. It's not quite that bad, but let's call it a half hour late. Yeah, I tend to get antsy. Or could that be considered gamma? You're restless. Or, yeah, indeed, or could it be gamma? When I'm learning something, I am very much like, teach me everything you know, oh, wise Jedi master for whatever the subject is, be it from a martial art to a new programming language to anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm the first one to admit I don't know something. And that wouldn't be considered an alpha because I don't right. think... Right, no, that's totally... That's, based that's on beta. these... Yeah, based on these definitions. Right. It's ridiculous to say because you're humble, you can't be a leader... Like, it's so outdated. Right. And and to me, and this is what I discovered at a previous job, we had a foosball table. Now, I've played foosball, right? And I've played foosball against some people who were really, really good when I was, when I was a teenager. And I was never that good. The trick is, is that at, uh, at this job, that was one of the few opportunities you had to actually mix and meet the other people who worked there because we were all working on our own individual projects, et cetera, et cetera. So I was part of the the channel that talked about foosball games when foosball games were ready and you would say, I'm in, and then you would get picked and whatever, right? I was terrible. And people start to assume that if you're terrible at any one thing, that defines you as a person. For all things, you must be terrible because you do run into people who seem to be great at everything. The trick to that, I think, is is that people who seem to be great at everything only show you the things they're great at. Can I interject uh-huh. with a personal story? Yes. Okay. One of my best friends, I feel like she 
uh, is definitely if I were to be forced to put her in a category, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say she's an alpha. I'm going to say <laughs> she definitely does her research and she's definitely very knowledgeable and she's very powerful. She's very, um, she's definitely a, a take charge kind of a person. Mm-hmm. And deep down, I am that way also, but then not. So for example, she one day years ago years ago she we were talking about apple pies and i was like wow i would really love to bake with you and explore your recipe for apple pie together in the same kitchen because there's literally an infinite number of recipes for apple pie everybody does things differently different i'm always so interested that's why we have so many cookbooks right right i totally get it i read cookbooks like people read porn hey right i am like oh my goodness i love it (laughs) um for an example like my my mother's apple pie i wasn't done with my example i know but okay pippin apples which are these green apples Always put sugar on it, always put cinnamon on it. And the weirdest thing was is that the apples would bake down in the process of making the apple pie. So all the apple pies have this huge dome kind of shape to it that has just like inches of air inside. It's it's absurd, but that's apple pie and my parents' house. From your perspective, right. And that's what I grew up on, but... Until I came along. So what you all don't know about me, if you don't, is I was a professional baker. That's how I supported myself through college and in between photo gigs. But, you know, I don't like to boast. I don't like to give people my resume when we're talking. Now, this person I'm talking about is one of my dearest, dearest friends. She came over. We were in the kitchen, in, in our kitchen. She taught me her apple pie. And years later, we were talking about baking again. Mm-hmm. Years later. And she's like... From my perspective, it felt like she was telling me, aren't you glad I taught you how to bake? Look at how far you've come along. (laughs) Because I was texting her, what did I bake? I baked something. And it was a hard time in our lives. So whenever we go through challenges, I tend to bake more because it calms me down. And I was baking a lot and I was taking pictures and texting them to friends. And I texted her some shots and she said, Wow, look at how far you've come along with your baking. Remember back in the day I taught you? Good for you. And then sometime after that, we were on the phone again, again talking about baking. And I just, I had, I couldn't, after all these years, I I just was like, I have to let her know. I said, you know, I was a professional baker years before we met. And she paused. She's like, I did not know that. I'm like, and I was thinking, yeah, you don't know that because you, you, you're so aggressive with your beliefs about me in our friendship. And I love her so much and I respect her so much that I have to let that go mm-hmm. because I'm so afraid that if I tell her, if I confront her, because when it has to come up, when we come across something like that, it's usually something that's so important to me, like photography and baking. And if I feel like I'm being treated as lower on a right. level, it really hurts my feelings. And I realize they're, they're my issues. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring it up because I feel like if I do, 
it will create riff, a riff in our friendship. Right. So that's just something usually I keep to myself. And I'm, I'm so confident in what I do with photography and baking that I'm not going to shout out, hey, I'm a professional, you know? Right. So I let it go. But that dynamic in the friendship, just it does bother me sometimes. And I don't know how to talk about it because I don't want to create a fight or it won't right. even turn or what's the word? It's not a fight. A fight is actually good because you're having a disagreement. You're going back and forth. But when you become what's the word you use where you don't care? What's the opposite of love? You say it is it is what? Oh, God, the word just escaped me. Indifferent. Indifferent. I don't want the friendship to become indifferent. Right. 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 We want our we want all of our relationships to be passionate, not romantically, but just funny and, you know, learning and growing and seeing the other person with fresh eyes all the time and the whole bit. I totally get it. Which is why when I think about alphas and betas and friendship, I really think I really think about high school, which is kind of weird but it makes sense that's the pivotal time i i think of it as like this this phase where you're in an immature kind of reality now for my peer group in high school i was the alpha dog i was i said what we did i said what we where we went i was cynical and critical well i was cynical Uh oh that makes me a a sigma but i was critical sardonic of of the others (laughs) i'm not going to use that word it's too it's too it's too big for me uh, and everything. And I was always 100% sure of what was going on. And I was convinced that what I was doing was right. And any moment I had of indecision was carefully hidden. And then I went to college and I didn't know anything. Oh my God. I mean, I went from, I went from my, my clever little box and then we moved, I moved eight hours north and all of a sudden I was like, quote unquote, on my own. And I was still trying to act like an alpha because that's what I knew. But, oh, my God, if you don't know how to get somewhere, you got to ask somebody, particularly when you're all alone and you just – I got sick in my first month in, in college, and I had a terrible cold, and I didn't have a car or anything at that point because I'm like an idiot 17-year-old. So I had to take the bus downtown to get medicine and food because – I was I was really smart. I lived on an apartment in campus on campus. Welcome to Santa Cruz, and oh my God, un just thrashing myself, making myself even sicker, the whole kit and caboodle. Whereas I'm sure had I asked for help, somebody would have helped me out. But that's not where my head was at, and it took me a long time to really kind of like pierce that to get through that to lose that sense of always being quote-unquote in control and always having to know 100% of what's going on. And that happened because you had to get out of your box or you did get out of your box, that label that you were comfortable with, that situation that you were comfortable with. And this is why I always say traveling is so important. And I know it wasn't really traveling. You you went to college. It was a different situation. Well, it's traveling like how we travel. It's to get, yeah, exactly. We don't travel, we move. Yeah, we never take vacations. We just move. We've never visited a place. We'll just move there. Anyway, but that's why it's so important to constantly be learning because I think once you get comfortable with a certain 
uh, ideal with a certain definition, right. with a certain, what do you call it, box, with a certain uh, thing. Set of stuff I do, it's don't something, do, and live. Right, you're, you're comfortable because you no longer have to figure it out. And figuring something out is painful, much like working out is painful because your muscles get used and you tear your muscles. And that's where the pain comes from. Right. Because you're tearing yourself into a, a new thing. You're growing into, you're I'm expanding. My muscles. You're expanding, right? Right, absolutely. And it, it, is, it is uncomfortable. Much like how I always say, we need to have uncomfortable conversations. Otherwise, we don't get anywhere. We don't understand each other. You need to be uncomfortable with listening. Right. You need to be... That's another pearl of wisdom, actually, from a martial arts teacher in Santa Monica. And, and in point of fact, and I think I've said this before, computer science major here, right? Or, yeah, wait, what was I? Yeah, computer information sciences. And every single class, at the beginning of the class, I would be like, oh, my God, how am I ever going to manage to do all this stuff? You will build an operating system. You will uh, learn assembly and all of But I'm not going to teach you that in your class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This was college. And in 10 weeks, I would look back and I would have done those things. I think that that inherently pre pre um, presented me or put me in a place where I could feel comfortable with my uncomfortableness. Like I'm okay being terrible at foosball because you know what? There's only one way to get better. <laughs> and I think looking at previous generations, i.e. someone like your parents, Mm-hmm. Right. We can't really have deep conversations with them because they are so set in their way and they'll blame their age. But I was thinking about it the other day. We were talking about we forced the the girls and I forced them to talk about politics with us. Ooh. Like we literally you were there. What do you mean? I know she went at it. Elle went at it again. Yeah, um, she yesterday. did. You know, because she's passionate about it. And, I know. And I want to encourage that. It's awesome. However, Absolutely. your parents... Their excuse was, well, I'm such and such an age. And I thought to myself, yeah, well, what was your excuse at 25? Because you've been this way forever. Right. You can't blame it on age. Once again, we're not an age. It's energetic. No, I think you know? you're right. I think that it certainly, I would argue, the rate of change in society and the world and knowledge and everything else has sped up, uh, for sure. But it was never zero. I understand that. And it has nothing to do with speed even is what I'm saying is you just become comfortable with, I, I learned what I learned. I went to school and got this degree and that degree. Right. Thank you. I am set. But the thing is you have to keep learning. Well, yes, indeed. And, and when and you don't, you're, you're stuck and you tend, you can't, you can't relate to someone else. Right. You can only relate to the same people with your same dispositions and your same whatever same boring jokes okay no 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 totally yeah they tend to repeat their jokes over and over again like we've never heard them before totally agree totally agree it's it's literally like a programmed response uh when you ask them certain questions they'll always answer it the same way they'll never tweak it they'll never offer interject anything new unless you can ask them a genuinely new question and in that case they they do shut down they shut down. Sometimes. It, it's just a canned response like, hmm, interesting. And then. Wow. How do you know a politician is lying? Uh, it's just the same jokes <laughs> over and over again. Anyway, now we're now we are repeating ourselves over and over You're again. You're right. Alphas and betas. 
betas and alphas. I think real realistically speaking, we need to we need to come to an understanding alpha, betas, gamma, sigmas, omegas. We have to come to a realization and an understanding that first of all, I mean at least for me, I'm very moody, so I can I can shift between I guess these different roles based upon a lot of things. I think I, I tend to opt. I'd like to believe, at least, I, 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 I'm more in a beta role because it always feels like I'm trying to learn something new or I'm trying to, you know, expand my base of knowledge or, 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 or. I mean, I'm very curious and inquisitive. But that's only sometimes. That's not all the time. That doesn't define me as a, as a person, as a... Of course not. Look, it's like... One day I'm tired and I need you to carry more of the load. The next day you're tired and I carry most of the load. It has to be, you have to understand that there is no set anything with life, with friendships, with people. You have to have, and okay, I'll say it for myself. You have to look at me as an ever-changing entity. Do not put me in a box. And I ask that that's how you treat me. I am an alpha here, a beta there. Sometimes I'm sigma. Sometimes, you know, it. I am fluid. And so is everybody else. And I think in my ideal world, we treat each other as such. You don't pin me or you don't, I don't want to pin anyone to any one thing. Right. So all this, this goes back to the critic. What is, what is the deal with always wanting in our society always wanting to pin things down to a b c d i think it, it it there's some there's an amount of comfort to it for sure that's what i said you get comfortable and complacent right but it's 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 dangerous if this person is an alpha then i know i can always come to them with any question i have on any subject and they'll give me an answer but we know nobody has all the answers so that's ridiculous to put that to put that on 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 someone and I think that's where these young pop stars got in trouble because they're seen as the influencer. They're seen as, what do you call it when you influence a whole bunch of people, like your your peers? Um, you're the, what's the word? I don't know. Oh, come on. Like not the authority, but you're, you're, you're leading the next generation because you're seen as... The leader. It's not the word I'm looking for. I can't think of the word right now. Sorry, babe. Ugh, I can't think of it. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally get it. And that's because... And they get in trouble because God forbid, you know, they're human and God forbid they get caught doing something. Which is... And it destroys their whole career. They're a human being. They're not gods. Right. I and mean, we are gods. They're multifaceted and that's just how it goes. But yeah, the stuff like you're just expected to you're just expected to just be this one thing and that's that's kind of the harshness i think of the world i think i lamented this a couple of episodes ago when i talked about heroes now we don't really have them anymore i mean there's no perfect specimen especially in today's media lens it's impossible to be perfect 100% of the time at some point you're going to say gosh darn it leave me alone and then all of a sudden then you're just difficult and maybe you had a rough day someone was once told me everyone is operating at their highest capacity so cut them some slack right they're doing the very best that they can 
Right. Absolutely. I still can't think of the word I was looking I for. I know, and that's going to bug you. I know. It's like when I lose something or I can't play something in our home, <laughs> I don't care how late we are. Thank you very much. I don't care. I need to find it. Right. So I have to be careful if I ask her where something is. I, I have to be careful not to ask her uh, late at night. Because I will look for it until the end of time. And I recently found a hat that had gone missing for months. It started right at the beginning of quarantine in March. <sighs> my favorite beanie on my head. Now, fortunately, it was summer, so that's cool. Yeah, but, but I, I wore actually, it all the time. I found it this week, so just in time for uh, colder weather. I guess another pearl of wisdom, find the things that give you comfort. I need to put something on my head. And back in the day, my friends knew this. And every time they sensed I was thinking too much or I was getting a little overwhelmed. And I don't think you could see it on my face. You could feel it, right? Mm -hmm. My friends would just put their the palms of their hands. And I know this is disrespectful in Thailand, but they would just put their hands on my the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And immediately I felt better. Right. And I think this is the same reason I need to wear my, my cap, my, what, what do you call it? The, it's not a ski, ki, ski hat. It's a cap. It's, it's a, one of those a beanie. Beanie-ish. Maybe, maybe and they call it a toque in Canada. No, a toque is really thick and that's major for skiing. This is just like a beanie. Okay. But whatever it is, it is a Joe Dispenza beanie and it has this image of a brain and then a line and then an atom. So mind over matter. My mind over matter hat. Right. For months, I was like, have you seen my hat? I would ask people that I was out before quarantine. Like, hey, are you going into that building? Can you can you look around to see if you find my mind over matter hat? Nice. Everybody was looking for it. And it was stuck to one of your boxer briefs. Yes. The one with the football players on it. For months. <laughs> well, I didn't pull those out. And it was... It's... Anyway... Let's get yes. back to Let's, friendships. <laughs> Let's go back to alphas versus betas. So, can we just stop this madness of the alpha and the alpha dog and the whatever it is? Stop it. Can we just stop? Well, me personally, I would just take a Aikido view of things where I walk the line back and forth, which reminds me of a Santa Monica story. So, in Santa Monica, politics on main street on the weekends it was sunday because football sundays there would be a farmer's market and okay, we'd go to the farmer's yes. market super early there so one of the major restaurants was this like a mansion right the victorian yes it was called i was getting there you're gonna describe it no go ahead okay this beautiful house that used to be would it was it called like a little mansion the grounds are beautiful it was a victorian it was, so the restaurant was called the Victorian. They would have weddings there and events. Catering. Big parking lot, too. And this back then, up-and-coming chef, Rich, was the chef at the Victorian. And every Sunday, the whole neighborhood would get together. Go to the farmer's market, get some produce, get some treats, get some coffee. Yeah, and we would all sit there and have breakfast together at tables. We would all share tables and share treats and share stories from the week. It was so great. And you'd run into some really interesting people too. All the time. Yeah. Okay. Please go ahead. Matt. Okay. So anyways, so, uh, so the Victorian came up with an idea because they sponsored the farmer's market. They set up, they set up their tent 
and rich would actually make omelets for people. So they had one of those tents that served purely om- omelets. Right. And so you'd go up and, you, and he would be like, hey, how's it going? And he would like cook every single one. And you'd say, yeah, I'd like spinach. I'd like mushrooms. I'd like, I want cheese. It was, I want... Now, of course. It was an event. Remember? I like know. it was an event. And he even had one of his buddies, one of our buddies out in the crowd because we would all be watching. He was so great to watch. And one of his buddies would become the heckler every week. And he would heckle Rich. Yeah, it was just a sight. Honestly, that was before my time. I'm just describing my experience here. Okay. Uh, and so he'd ask you what you wanted. He'd make you an omelet. Boom, boom, boom. Serve it up. Some potatoes. Life was good, right? Those potatoes. Oh, I forgot about the potatoes. I know. But anyways, so the politics of Main Street. So there was a restaurant on Main Street called... The Omelet Parlor. We loved that place. That was one of nice. our... nice. First of all, everyone in the neighborhood, we all... In the morning, they're like, hey, what do you want to do? You want to go out to eat? You want to grab breakfast? Let's go. And everyone knew what everyone was talking about. We didn't even have to say it. We would go to the omelet parlor. Two, two, and two. Oh, It was so run good. by a brother-sister team, actually. Um, anyways, they got upset that they were making omelets. And there was some kind of they a got weird mad at Rich. Main Street Business Association or something. And they wanted to make sure the food served was different and the fact that he made omelets they felt cut into their business etc so they raised a snit and that's when things started to happen in the neighborhood by the way it must have been in the stars maybe because everything was always so harmonious and then certain things started to happen in the neighborhood and i think this was like in the midst of that like i could not believe there was fighting happening right and so before we knew it, and we didn't know this was happening, by the way. Uh, we did. They told us. Because we were on, friends. I was getting to that. All right. So we didn't know this was happening. We we go get our we go to go get our omelets on a Sunday, right? Life is good. And Rich is making blueberry pancakes, which are still excellent. <laughs> but that's not my omelet. So we were like, Rich, story. And he told us basically a lot of the story. And wow. Wow. Fun, fun they had f- gone to court, it, it, right? Fun fact, though, this was only a limited time injunction. So he had to not make omelets for four or six months or something. And then he could make omelets again. Was it that long? I you remember all these details? It was long enough that I was like, dang. So week one, it was like, wow, well, that's... I, I, I think I might be able to see the omelet parlor's point. But after a while, I was like... We just stopped going to the omelet parlor. In the process of being the alpha dog, they lost our business. And you know what? For a little bit. Uh, I don't think we ever went back. We didn't go back. I mean, we would be there. Before you came along, we were there almost every day. Right, but I don't think you and I went back. No. Uh, as the weeks went on, I think we might have gone back that week and asked them their side of the story, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it made me sad. But... I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I just, we didn't even, I don't know. It just, I didn't, I didn't want to pick either side. Right. So we kind of avoided it. You don't. It's like, it's like when parents fight, the kids don't want to pick. And I totally get that. Trick is, is that after a month or so, all of a sudden it was just like, hmm, omelet parlor, bad, rich, good. 
uh, because mostly because we would see Rich and he was very open and forthright with us and he was he was he was walking he was doing his business he was just walking down the street and doing what he could do and after the four to six months he was able to serve omelets again but and it was all the whole point of view of like there's not enough to go around for everybody uh, i have scarcity. to be and remember this was also happening because there were all these nail salons that were popping up all of a sudden uh, right like all of a sudden there was this weird sense of competition and scarcity like this is my thing. Right. You can't do what I'm doing because you're going to take away from me. Right. As and that was to something trying to grow the pot. You just try and hold on to what you that got. That wasn't there before. Like, I don't know what kind of energy brought that about mm -hmm. into that, into our little neighborhood, but that's what it was. It was like infectious and it brought discord on so many levels. The fallacy right. of thinking there's not enough. Right. So at the end of the four to six months, Rich started serving omelets. We never went back to the omelet parlor. So Alpha, who was the Alpha here? Were they both Alphas? Was Rich a beta in that situation? Don't know. Don't care. At the end of the day, the Alpha lost. So it can be a bad thing to try and control, to boss, to, you know, use your power to get your own way because ultimately you may end up the king of an empty kingdom and that also takes us back to aikido and the whole martial arts sense of things that if you are oak is it oak if you're rigid all the time in your beliefs or in, in your stance right you will break you will snap at some point right the willow you, in the wind right if you bend with the wind if you're like water you go with the flow things will work out much like at the beginning you know, enjoy your life. Go with the flow. Indeed. And, it will and, work out. And don't try and label people. And you know what? Just be who you are. I mean, honestly, if you are 100% of the time always right and always bossy, then that's fine. You may end up losing friendships, but ultimately you're true to yourself. For me, much more nuanced approach. I'm, I'm, I'm all things, and I don't expect my friends to be all thing. I, I, well, no, I don't expect my friends to be any one thing. I don't expect my friends to be all things either, but you know, I expect that where we connect and where we have things in common, that we have things in common and where we don't, is that an opportunity for me to learn something new? Is that an opportunity for me to completely ignore it? The answer to that is always, it depends. But ultimately I, I, I want to see people as more than one thing. For me, with a friend that I love so much in the apple pie, I, over the years, you know, this can really get to me and I can get really upset about it. But I think once we went through the hardship you and I went through, mm -hmm. the whole life and death experience, I even more so realized I don't even care that she doesn't think that I was a professional baker or she thinks she's better than I am about so many things, you know? Right. I don't care. Who cares? I just, I want to be in my own being truthful to myself and knowing that I'm really a great baker. If someone thinks they taught me something, she did. She taught me lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't matter. It, it, I'm not going to, much like how I said, you know, we shouldn't put each other in boxes. 
we shouldn't i'm not gonna put myself in a box and go i am a baker how dare anyone not see that i'm a great baker and this is how i supported myself like who cares i don't care right or i or i got to a point where i decided not to care and most importantly i decided to just sit back and kick back just like how santa monica taught me right sit back kick back enjoy your life and acquire some patience that this like for me acquiring patience for the friend that i love for her it may take years but for her to see oh she was a baker before we met (laughs) right you know what i mean let her let her figure it out let it happen naturally let it you know naturally like it'll who cares just be and let the flow take care of everything right enough with the whole box indeed yeah no and i i totally i totally empathize i totally i totally agree oh my god what is that i totally agreed what can you repeat that and say i agree with you fawn i agree with you fawn what and on that bombshell what i know I'm glad this is being recorded. Maybe I should put it on a loop and like play it in the house all the time in our apartment. No. <laughs> That's our show. The gift of the gab. I can talk on and on and on. All right, guys. Let us know. Please leave us a review, like a good one. <laughs> An excellent one. On iTunes. iTunes. It has to be on iTunes. Please. Oh, my goodness. Leave us a review. We're also on Instagram. Talk to you guys next week. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.